you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Make Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio your number one pick this summer. And make room in your trophy case. Non-stop fantasy baseball. Going, going, and gone. And fantasy football advice and information. Walks into the end zone. 24 hours a day. Because it's more than just a game. Jerry Jones is with us to talk about the game last night. Jerry, what, what did you see last night? One of those things we have to do is teach Doug Free how to play football. That's not true. That's impossible. Darren McFadden is like that gorgeous girl that you wanted to ask out in high school, but you knew you were probably going to get burned by this girl, but the temptation was just too great and you had to ask her out. No, I don't think he likes you at all. No. I don't like you either. This is the Fantasy Cantina. Whether you want blue milk, Greedo gumbo, or fantasy football advice, we have you covered. You're listening to NFL Fantasy Live. Line them up, Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison from NFL Network and NFL.com. Check us out, NFL Fantasy Live. God, I love that intro. 963-2682-888. XM Fantasy. We got some talented guys at Sirius XM. Uh, not, not the three of us. We tried out Wedge Antilles at the slot <laughs> corner. <laughs> Couldn't run with Scandrick. You know what, though? Job of the Hook could probably make one heck of an offensive tackle, and the, and the Cowboys need that right about now. He's like Casey Hampton, but better lateral movement. That's what my <laughs> scouts say. 888XM Fantasy. This is the season debut of the Cantina here on NFL Fantasy Live. We couldn't do it without Elliot Harrison coming back. So, again, all your questions, line them up. Here we go. 888XM Fantasy, 888-9632682. But before we start, Michael Fabiano, you and I are going to be spending some time together in close quarters next week, aren't we? Yeah, and I'm a little afraid of that, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I might have worry. to get the I'll, I'll, I'll loan you money. It's okay. Yeah, Guys, NFL Fantasy Live is going to be live from New York City, the Best Buy Theater, August 22nd to the 24th for NFL Fantasy Draft Week. There are going to be all kinds of fantasy football activities going on there. In fact, we're going to have such former players as Eddie George, Amon Green, a couple of very good fantasy players back in their day, among many, many others. I even heard a rumor Jake Plummer is going to be there. Oh, he's wow. going to leave the handball and, court and, and come is, play and come hang that, out with us? That is in all seriousness that Jake Plummer will be there. Um, oh, he's, gonna, no, have he's confirmed, Fabs. Fantasy, we, we have, we're going to have, we have Jake Plummer have and his fantasy beard. panels. We are going to have Q&As with members of... NFL Fantasy Live, myself, Jason Smith, Dave Damashek. We will have drafts if you want to come and have your draft with NFL Fantasy Live at the Best Buy Theater. Times Square. Square. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come Tickets by. Are free. Hi. Yeah, you get, you get them at NFL.com. 22nd to the 24th. 
make sure you make your plans now. We're going to be doing live hits for NFL Fantasy Live. We'll be doing live hits from NFL Network Programming, Total Access. Andrew Siciliano will be there as well. So the list of players that will be in attendance to this thing keeps growing. And it's it, getting bigger. And if Jason is going to be, you know, there, then I'm going to have to host some segments here on NFL Fantasy Live, which means I'm sure to botch a few reads. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, you will be, be the Allen Ball of hosts. <laughs> you will <laughs> be fine. Since so we're in the can- if oh, you have, if you have some time next week, 22nd to the 24th, take some time off of work. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Since we're in the canteen, we'll Michael Fabian will write you a note. <laughs> I'll write you a note that today. Is NFL Fantasy Draft Day? I think get out cool. of work. Come down and see us. Since we're in the cantina mm-hmm. and we're talking first round, okay? I just want you guys to know I fell asleep. First round of a Star Wars draft because I'll tell you yes. what I would well, take. Sort of. Boba Fett is moving up in my draft. He's moving up into the middle part of the first round for me. I, you're you're very warm. Where Lando I was going, Calrissian. If, he's undrafted. If we're talking villains, right? Darth Vader is always considered the greatest villain of all time. Okay. Uh, Sure, yes. Okay, even though he ended up being good at the end, he was always considered the number one dark character of all time. Sure. But I fell asleep to Star Trek Two last night. I, I think <laughs> I think in a fantasy villain draft, I think Khan has got to be a top five That might be the creepiest pick. thing I've heard all week. Ricardo Montalban was outstanding, and that was not a chess plate. Here's your top three fantasy villain draft. Okay. Okay, in this order. Darth Vader is the first one to come off the board. Okay, number two is Lord Voldemort from Harry Potter. Number two, villain of all time, Lord Voldemort. Number three, Alan Rickman from Die Hard. Oh. There's your top three villains of all time. But in a PPR, I'd make the case that Hans Gruber would be number one. Uh, well, in a, well, here's a PPR. Though. Remember, <laughs> Mr. You got, Cowboy? No, but you got a bunch of movies out of both Darth Vader and uh, Lord Voldemort. You got one movie out of Alan Rickman. Yeah, but you know the best part was the Die Hard Clay. Alan Rickman? Bill Clay. Bill Clay. Yeah, that part where he was Bill Clay. Oh, no, you're one of them. Hey, guys, should we invite some of our friends Absolutely. into the cantina? Let's Especially if Alan Rickman wants to call in. Let's... I don't think it's Alan Rickman, but we have Eric, who's got a question. Welcome to the Fantasy Cantina, Eric. Eric. Hey, guys, how are you? What's up? Hey, first of all, I want to say Alan Rickman, definitely best villain ever. <laughs> wow. See, he's on the top Solid. of the big board. Solid. Yeah, but anyway, okay. But uh, I have I'm in a ten man uh, non PPR league. I have the fifth pick. Um, the big thing about our league is that it's one point every ten yards passing. Uh, oh wow! Those yeah, those top three quarterbacks are going to be off the board. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, and then probably Foster's going to be gone. Like if I had the opportunity for Stafford or McCoy, I'm thinking Stafford, but I want to ask you guys. Well, a point every ten yards. You have to go with Matt Stafford if that's if that's that, your quarterback. That's point. ridiculous. That it, it that is yeah. ridiculous. Just makes the quarterback position that much more valuable. It's non PPR, right? But what if you go ahead and take uh, McCoy and get that was up, my and, and, that was my thought because there's going to be good quarterbacks out there and pick up Matt Ryan who's probably going to throw for forty six hundred yards. Yeah, I think quarter. I think you have to take a quarterback earlier than than a Matt Ryan. But I agree with I, I agree with the logic. I'm thinking more along the lines of somebody say Bill Rivers, yes, or Romo, something like that. Yeah, but when you when he comes back to pick, are those guys going to be gone? Because if it's if it's a one point every ten yards quarterback, yeah. that's going to go quarterback quarterback. You're going to get to fifteen again. And you're going to be stuck with John. Matt, again, Matt Ryan situ- won't be gone in a situation where this probably is a league not. you've probably drafted in the last couple of years. If it's a ten team league, how many of those first ten picks are going to be quarterbacks? Eight. I would say seven. Uh, historically, for our league, it's probably four or five, and then but then they mm. will die down, and then you know I because that's what I was thinking coming back with the Rivers or yeah, Romo. If you're telling me that only four or five of the first ten picks are going to be quarterbacks, I'd take McCoy or Rice, whoever the best running back there is, and then come around in the second round and grab yourself a Tony Romo or a Michael Vick or a Philip Rivers. So I yeah. think Elliot's right there. The only thing I was thinking is, I mean, Stafford had 41 touchdowns. That's that's 12 more touchdowns than a Rivers or a Romo ever had. I know, but, I I mean, is that what's going to happen this year? Are we guaranteed that we're going to have Stafford at 41 and Rivers is not going to bounce back? I think we look a little bit too much at what we did last year instead of trying to project a little bit. Stafford was fantastic last year. 
Is he going to throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns again, Elliot Harrison? No. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him to do I it again. I don't think Stafford hits 40 touchdowns. Not that I poo-poo him, but because if you get me 47 and 35 touchdowns, that's still very good. I'll see, yeah, they, yeah. It's like I'll take it. Like with Calvin Johnson, if he's going to give me 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns, all right, I'll take mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'm not going to be unhappy with that. So, Eric, I think, uh, I think it's McCoy or Rice, and then second round – you go after that quarterback. Go after Romo or Vic or Rivers or whoever the best quarterback is available at that point. Uh, I don't know that Cam Newton would still be available no, he'd uh, probably at that not. point in the draft. But All right, next call. Brad in Pittsburgh has a running backs question. Brad, welcome to the Fantasy Cantina. Hey, fellas. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, just uh, have a quick question in regards to my league and running backs. Uh, it's a 12-teamer. Um, it's been basically around for 10 years, same people, so kind of know their idea of how they draft. Um, we just got our draft order um, six. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your take on the first three rounds. So, you know, I got six, 19, and 30. Um, I'm guaranteed basically, you know, Brady, Breeze, uh, Rogers, McCoy, Foster, Rice in that top six. And we do six points for TDs across the board. Um, so, obviously, you know, your QBs usually go, you know, mm-hmm. in the first round. So, um, pretty much I'm probably guaranteed to get a Brady or Breeze. Uh, maybe a McCoy will fall to me, but I doubt it. Um, so, I was kind of wondering what you guys, uh, you know, would be targeting at 19 and 30 you know, would you go back-to-back running back after you get a stud uh, quarterback, or would you go, you know, running back wide receiver? Um, it's just such a thin running back class this year. I'm just stuck at what I want to do two and three. Right. If you end up getting a quarterback with that number six overall selection in the first round, I think you're going running back or wide receiver, depending on which position has the best player available in each of those next two rounds. I, I can't see going running back, running back, back to back. Can I just, I'll just throw this out. What if you went Brady, six, okay? Jimmy mm-hmm. Graham, 19, so that you don't take Gronk and Brady, you don't have two Patriots, you break it up, and then at 30, come back, circle back, and maybe go DeMarco Murray. Get you a oh, top and that's, that's, the, that's another possibility, too. I, I've looked at the tight end spot at, at, you know, second, but I don't know, I just think that there's a lot of good tight ends out there that I can target late, but you know, I, I don't know. Uh, that is definitely something I've been thinking about. I just think that, you know, with our league, we do two running backs, three wide receivers, no flex, mm-hmm. no PPR. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Tight end spot seems to usually fall in uh, in this league. Um, so, I was thinking, you know, I could get like a Pettigrew, uh, Finley, and maybe like, you know, sixth or even seventh round. Well, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I think what we would do is again, you get that elite quarterback in the first round, and to me, I take the best player available at wide receiver or running back in the next two rounds. I just it's hard for me to take a tight end in round two. Oh, I, I can't I, do it. It's tough. I'm a traditionalist. So maybe at the end of round two, maybe it's a Gronk or or a, a Jimmy Graham, and then I could come back around and get a wide receiver or a running back, whatever the best uh, player available is in the position, but. That's a tough one. All right, let's go to I David think, I, I, I in think Tennessee. You're, I think you're on Mars Harris, who's got a keeper question. Marco Murray is going to be there. David, welcome to NFL There's Fantasy no Live. Go ahead, David. David, we can't hear you, my friend. Can you hear me? Now we can. Okay, sorry. Yeah, That's we right. have a a ten man PPR, very competitive league, and it is an auction uh, an auction league. And we have two keepers that we keep at auction value the day of the the day of the draft, and we've subtracted off our two hundred dollar budget. So I've got I've got McFadden that I know I'm going to keep at like eighteen dollars. He'll he'll probably go up. Wow, I'm, I'm, I know it. I'm going to keep that's him. That's a nice that's a nice value. I know, and that's ESPN's uh, PPR value as of right now. He'll probably go up though. My this is my more difficult uh, situation. I've got Sproles that they've presently got valued at thirty dollars. Reggie Bush at $10. And I've got a two-part question. 
just comparing those two, I'm, I am feeling a little bit that Sproles is going to be uh, impinged upon a little bit this year by Thomas and Ingram mm-hmm. that he didn't have last year. And also that Reggie Bush is going to get some more catches this year. They're talking about using him more in the passing game. With a $20 differential, the Bush at $10 and Sproles at 30 Talk me through that a little bit about why I should not keep Sproles and or possibly consider Bush. What do you that's think about slam, that? Person? That's a slam dunk for me. I, I absolutely keep Bush. That's a huge differential. Bush okay. is going to be getting carries. I love Darren Sproles, but you know what? If Darren Sproles brings a punt back like he did against Green Bay in the opener last year, that doesn't go to his fantasy value. That goes to the Saints' defense. So I know, I, I, I know that he's I know that he's a very good player. I know that he was very good in fantasy, but is he twenty dollars better than Reggie Bush this year? And I, think, I don't think so. And I think Reggie Bush for ten dollars is a value, especially in a PPR league with McFadden at eighteen. Holy cow! I mean, so, I, I know it. Then I that I can go after, even though the top four backs are taken. That really does free me up to go after one more kind of a, a premier back or two very strong backs and have four good backs there. Okay, well, thank you for that. I'll, I'll see. I, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to hear. So I'll be going. David, I, I think you had the answer. You just wanted a little, uh, little affirmation, a little validation. But I need a exactly. little reassurance from you guys. If, if we stay with our our top villain draft here, if I said Johnny <laughs> from Cobra Kai at thirty, oh, yeah. that'd be a heck of a that's heck of a He's got to be in the top ten. He's going to go quicker than that, isn't he? Yeah, Bill Zapka. I'd like to know away. what our next caller thinks about that. Would Johnny? From Cobra Kai, <laughs> is he going in the first twenty nine picks? Oh my lord! What do you think? Eight 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 XM Fantasy eight 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 nine six three two six eight two. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot <laughs> Harrison with you from NFL Fantasy Live, <laughs> NFL Network, and NFL dot com. As we answer your questions here in the Star Wars Cantina, we've gone from Star Wars to Karate Kid. If you are taking, if you are doing a Karate Kid star draft, Ralph Macchio goes number one. Hillary Swank goes number two. Mm. Am I correct in that? What about, no, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue goes ahead of... No, she um, goes ahead of everyone. So Elizabeth Shue goes number one, then Ralph Macchio, or then, no, then Billy Zabka, who was Johnny. Then you have Jaden Smith, Will Smith's kid, who was like the new karate kid. No, 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 no. That's just like... Where does Jaden Smith fall in the That's just like... Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. But then the guy from the Bad News Bears, what was his name, played Freddy Krueger a few years ago? Walter Matthau? No. no. <laughs> He's dead. What do you mean, Walter Matthau? I am going to cut you with these things I have what on my finger. Guy? What well, was the guy? I don't know, but in a dynasty league, I Kelly take Pat He played Kelly in the Bad News Bears. <laughs> he, he died too, Pat Marita. Oh, that's in right. a dynasty league, I'll take Pat Marita. <laughs> Would you, you are crazy. The, the show is going off the deep end. It has and, gone and, off and the it, deep end. And it's not ironic Look, that Elliot where, Harrison is back. Here's where Harrison's off the deep end. You think DeMarco Murray is going to be there at 30? Yes. No way. Right now, outside me, of the top running backs, for me. In, 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 if you're in a league with a bunch of lunatics, maybe. But right now, running back-wise, after you get past the top three, then you throw in Darren McFadden, who right now is by default at number four. DeMarco Murray's coming off the board right after that. There's no other guys that are going to get taken. Jackie Earl Haley. Say, That's who it was. Oh, he was from Bad News Bears. What did I say three times at Smith? No, you said Bad News Bears? I'll tell you, Smith. I don't know what I is going point. on with you. I understand your point. I see. I see Demarco Murray going somewhere in the early twenties. But if I'm sitting there at thirty, and I'm hoping to get him, that's who I'm targeting at thirty. It doesn't mean I'm going to get him. It doesn't mean I'm going to get him. Maybe you can have a backup plan then. Who's your what's your backup plan? Well, it depends who went before. It depends on when, who went before him. Now, if your backup plan was Reggie Bush. Because Reggie Bush is someone who yep. could be there at 30. Because people are still going to be... Look, I like Reggie Bush this year. I, I, you like him I, too much. I understand I like why, people are, why people don't like him. They think, okay, he's not going to do it again. Daniel Thomas is going to get the football more. But this is a guy that, that ran for 1,000 yards last year and was really impressive. They have nothing else on that team. They have absolutely nothing else. And don't you Jimmy think Cephalo defenses are going to know that? This year. They knew it last year. They were bad last year. The they Dolphins, had Brandon Marshall. They had Brandon Marshall. They had another guy they had to worry about on defense. Yeah, they had Matt Moore, quarterback, who wasn't wasn't you know a world beater. He helped you fantasy wise last couple of weeks win some games. But defense this is still a bad had a, team. Defense still had to worry about Brandon okay, Marshall. I would take I would take Richard Dawson and Running Man at thirty for our best villains. And what oh, makes he's you, a top ten guy? What makes no, you so sure guy. that Demarco Murray is a top twenty fantasy player? I don't think there's any way in the world I'm Demarco not saying Murray's he's a top, top twenty. I'm I don't not even know he's a top twenty five. I'm not saying he's a top twenty five fan, fantasy player. I'm saying he's going to go in the top twenty five. 
regardless as to where you think he is, someone's going to take him high because the running backs are going to come off the board, and it's going to be, I could take DeMarco Murray now, or I'm, I'm getting lucky if I can maybe get Sean Green in a round and a half. Hey guys, That's where you're at. Kevin in Orlando is going to join us here, and he's got a great question that kind of ties into what we're talking about here. Kevin, welcome yeah, hey, to Fantasy Cantina. Good, buddy. How are you? Dude, I'm going to try to bring your show back to earth a little bit. But, uh, yeah, please, please help me. Come on, man. Hannibal Lecter's got to be top five. Uh, I, that's a good one. Yeah. That is an that's outstanding. I mean, I mean really, that, that's the it. call anybody, of the day. Hey, anybody who can cut the skin off somebody else's face and put over their own to get out of the building, I mean, I, he's got to be top three for that one, right? That, I'll, that's I'll, I'll a good one. I'll put him number four. I'll put him just past Alan Rickman and Die Hard. But isn't that a committee? Situation because committee? because the guy can, can, can he ask his question first yeah, before but the we guy get crazy that, that put her in the pit the real crazy guy uh, that was putting oh, makeup Gunn. on yeah wasn't that that's a committee situation oh Wayne was she a great <laughs> big fat person all right so go ahead you, go let's, ahead let's Kevin uh, I think I, I think I know what your answer is going to be after listening to you guys for a while but I have uh, Dan McFadden and a guy offered me Chris Johnson straight up um, I love both of them. I'm nervous about the McFadden injury factor. You know, even CJ last year coming in late like he did, still, well, in my league anyway, still finished seventh in running backs. Um, what do you guys think? I'd rather have Chris Johnson. Yeah. I'd rather have Chris Johnson. I'd be much happier with that. I will sleep easier at night. It's closer. I'd rather have Chris Johnson, though. Bro. And yeah, you know what? You know what's the greatest thing for me about either one of them? He's, that that guy'd be my number two running back. I got Ray Rice already, too. Oh, there's a humble brag right there from Kevin. Yeah, right. that right. That's a nice backfield. Wow. That's a nice backfield. Thanks, uh, is, Kevin. Is he in like a four-team league? <laughs> I'd like to have that. I'd like to have that. So let's take one more call, and then we'll go to break. Reed in Tennessee has a question about CJ. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, What's up, man? Reed, what do you got? Not much. Nice segue into the CJ how many K question that I have. I like it. Today. Well, here's my question. Steve Hutchison, the offensive lineman, Made a name out of a little guy by the name of Sean Alexander in Seattle. Then he mm-hmm. goes to Minnesota. They invent this guy by the name of Adrian Peterson. He's now with the Tennessee Titans. So here is my question. CJ, how many K this year? You really think Hutchison's going to blow him up like he has done everybody else? Go ahead, Harrison. I see I see you. Uh... I don't because he, I, I don't think Steve Hutchinson. I think it's a great point that you make, but I don't think he's the same player that he was in 2005. Uh, I think CJ 2K is more like CJ, to quote you, Jason, 1K or CJ 1. It was CJ 1K last year. 1.18K right. is what I would put I, CJ I could see at. him rushing for 1,300 yards. You go 13, I'm going I, 1180. I got CJ 2K this year. He's the number one running back on my board. I think he is going I to agree with you. have a big How many bounce years back here. been in the league? Uh, 45. He, he came in the league when they were <laughs> single-wing offenses and no one had helmets. But look, CJ 2K, he's – you got to give him the mulligan for last year. He, he was barely ready to play football. He signed, and I think he said two days later I was, I was asked to play in a game. So I'm going to throw last year out from. I think he has one or two more elite-level years left. Is he going to run for 2,000 yards? No, I think those days are gone. But could he go 15, 1,600 yards this year? Absolutely he can. That's why he, He's got so much upside this season, especially where you're going to get him draft-wise. You know, he's not going to go in the top five. You can get him into the first round. You can try to bookend your draft with a Cam Newton and CJ2K or something around 10, 11, 12. Look, he's, he's the number one guy on my board. By the way, I, just, I to answer the qu- kind of just to answer the question, Hutchinson's been in the league since 2001. He will be 35 years old in November. Thanks there, Cliffy. That was, that's the nice trivia there. Cliff Flavin with the, with the uh, trivia there and Steve Hutchinson. All right, it is NFL Fantasy Live. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot Harrison. Number is 888-963-2682. That is 888-XM-FANTASY. We'll continue to answer your questions throughout the rest of this hour here on Sirius 210 XM 87. But coming up next, is Adrian Peterson rushing back from ACL surgery too early? Where do you take him? Big questions about him and some other running backs. We'll get to coming up next at Sirius XM 210. NFL Fantasy Live brings you all the access and information from the NFL Network right to your radio on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Jason Smith alongside Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison here at Sirius 210 XM 87. 
Tweet your questions in, Sirius XM Fantasy, or the phone number is 888-XM-FANTASY. That is 888-963-2682. Covered a lot of ground. We talked some wide receivers. Had a lot of Darren McFadden chatter the last hour and a half here on the show. Some more running backs we want to get to now as uh, our focus gets to you and your draft. And we saw Jerry Rice say yesterday that Adrian Peterson is rushing back too soon from ACL surgery. Everything we hear out of Minnesota, Adrian Peterson's getting better, he's hitting benchmarks, and he's going to start running pretty soon and all these things. I am still extremely nervous about Adrian Peterson. It's, it's, it's too hard for me to say, yes, I think he's going to be Adrian Peterson again this year. Look, running is one thing, but running laterally and making the cuts that he's supposed to do, mm-hmm. we've never seen a guy come back that way. We never have. And for the draft pick it's going to take to get Adrian Peterson, which is going to be somewhere in the second round or late second round, I, again, I, I've, I've coined the word, I'm owning it, undraftable. Adrian Peterson is almost undraftable for me. Is it just me, or wasn't it Jerry Rice who tore his knee in the uh, season opener in 97 against the Bucks, and then he came back? Uh, at the end of the season against the Broncos. You sounded like Andy played, Rooney there. Did played, you ever notice that? And didn't he play like a quarter or two and then hurt, re-injure his knee? I find that very ironic that of all people to say that, Jerry Rice, because Jerry Rice came back, in, look it up, 1997, the same year he tore his well, knee. Well, maybe got, he's saying he came back. You know, look, I tried to rush it and come back. He's trying to do the same thing, and he shouldn't do that. I've got some research I that I did for the draft kit on NFL.com, NFL.com slash fantasy football slash draft kit, where we've got everything that you need to dominate your fantasy league, by the way, and a lot of stuff for myself, Elliot Harrison, Jason Smith, Dave Damashek, our pal Adam Rank, and much more. Kevin Smith in 2009 tore his ACL. He was 23. Um, the following year, his numbers went down drastically. 2007, Deuce McAllister tore his ACL, and remember, he had done it earlier in his career, so this is the second time his numbers drastically decreased. Ronnie Brown in 2007, he was on pace, based on the numbers he project- that, that he recorded, to have over 2,200 scrimmage yards and 11 touchdowns. The following year, he had 1,170 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns. Not terrible, but not what he was the previous season. Again, McAllister in 05 had a ACL tear. In 05, he was projected to have right around 14, 1,500 scrimmage yards, not rushing, scrimmage yards, nine touchdowns. The following year, not bad, uh, 1,255 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns. Not bad coming off an ACL. Jamal Lewis is the only guy that really came back and had a good year, and that's because Jamal actually hurt himself in 2000 in training camp and missed the whole season uh, uh, and and was out, basically. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the 2001 season, and... He came back after a full year. I mean, he basically didn't play at all and ended up with 1,700 scrimmage yards and seven touchdowns. This has even affected a guy who is one of the top fantasy players in the last 15 years, Edgerin James. Edgerin in 2001 was projected before he got hurt for almost 2,300 scrimmage yards and eight touchdowns. The year he came back, 1,300 yards scrimmage. Three touchdowns. Just keep in mind, too, like you, you referenced Jamal Lewis. That mm-hmm. 2001 season was his second season. I'm not well, saying, he was very I'm, young. I'm not he was saying very Adrian young. Peterson is old, but Adrian Peterson's already played five years as a workhorse back. Mm-hmm. Not just a running back, a workhorse back. Since day one, he has been that 250 carrier more mm-hmm. guy. Yep, just throwing it out there. I, I think we've already seen the best of him, regardless how he comes back. Let's say he does come back. He's a violent runner. He's a violent runner, and he's on the downside of his career now, which generally for any running back, once you get outside your first five years, your next five years are not as good as your first five years. But you throw this on top of it, and you know, don't get fooled by what you keep hearing about all these benchmarks that Peterson keeps hitting, and he's, he's getting back here and, and all these – I stay away because someone's going to ta- let somebody else know your draft room. Let somebody else be that person to say, boy, Adrian Peterson's available here. This is going to look awesome because I have so-and-so and I got so-and-so and I'll get Adrian Peterson here. Let somebody else do that and watch them play him all season long and go, boy, he's only rushing for 40, 50. Oh, he had a 60-yard week and a touchdown. Now he's back to 30 yards. This week he had 50 yards. Let somebody else have that kind of season with Adrian Peterson. Go out and get somebody else who at least is a little more proven. 
888-XM Fantasy 888-963-2682. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot Harrison talking a couple of running backs here as we go. And would be remiss if we didn't say this. We had a Darren Sproles conversation a few minutes ago talking about him there uh, and, and the role he might play in New Orleans this season. He's going to miss this weekend's preseason game with with a bit of a knee, it, very cagey, categorized as knee soreness. Darren Sproles is going to miss this preseason game with. We always talk about. Is that the same the injury that LT always, that Ladanian Tomlinson always had in preseason? Oh yeah, the general need the general soreness. It's general soreness. Hey, he's sitting out with general soreness. You have to beware the career year. Darren Sproles has been a pretty good running back in the NFL for a few years now. Here he is. He hits it big with the Saints last year. Who use him out of the backfield. He gets the ball on the ground four or five times in a game last year, or five or six times, rushes for about 40 yards, catches about 40 yards and passes, maybe gets in the end zone. That was a career year for him. Now with Mark Ingram back to being healthy, I just don't see him having that kind of role in the offense. Regardless, now you got to wonder about his knee if he's sitting out preseason game number two with it. I, I'm not as high on Darren Sproles this year as, as I think a lot well, of like people Well, like in a PPR are. league, I'm still uh, – I still think he's a top ten running back. In a PPR league, I mean, he's going to catch 60, 60 balls. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So uh, in, in a standard league, I don't think there's any way his numbers don't decrease a little bit because, as you mentioned, Mark Ingram's back. Pierre Thomas could play more of a role in the offense. So uh, I think there's a little bit of a cause for concern for those fantasy owners who are expecting Sproles to be what he was last year. He he was one of the best draft bargains in fantasy last year. Yeah, he was. Because – I mean, unless you're in a PPR league and you already kind of valued him pretty highly because of what he can do as a, as a pass catcher. But in standard leagues, I mean, he was he was fantastic. He was a guy that you started every single week, week in and week out. And his price tag in drafts last year was, was extremely reasonable. This year, you're probably going to have to go after Sproles, I would say, in a standard league. We're talking about round five, round six, somewhere in that area. Boy, I, I I don't know that I could take him in round five or round six. I, I'd still I'd still be loading up on running backs and running backs think are going to contribute. You have a more. lot of guys who are just undraftable for you. I did well. That's what I mean. I I take sometimes I take the like when we did our auction draft. I I had the money ball approach to our auction draft. I had about thirty guys that I wanted my team to come from a list of. Mm-hmm. I wanted thirty guys I wanted a list of, and I got I got everybody on my list. Mm-hmm. Everybody on my team came from that list of thirty. Now did I miss out on some guys? Yeah. And some guys you have to realize, all right, I'm not going to bid this much money on him. But I, I just take that approach. If, if I have to sell myself on a guy, I'm not going to take him. That's right now, Sproles' ADP hard. on NFL.com is around five. It's, it's going to be hard for me to take him this so. year. Just because I think last year was his career year, and I think Ingram's a guy I would take in the fifth round. I'd take Ingram over Darren Sproles. Would you? I would take uh, Ingram I, in, I, in a standard league, yeah. You know, I, I like Ingram. Obviously, the guy's ultra-talented last year. Had the injury issues, and I believe, Elliot, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he still led the Saints in carries despite the fact that he was injured. Or it was maybe not carries, but rushing yards. It was one of the two. I remember. I also love it how you always look to me anytime you can't remember something. Yeah, well, that's you, because that's because you're the man with this kind of stuff. I want so, to know from both of you, this is what I want to know, the long and the short of it. Mm-hmm. Where are you taking Darren Sproles? Standard League? I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him before round five. Okay, twelve team, twelve team league. When you say standard, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to right. We're talking about a ten team league. So ten team. Okay, twelve team league. He's probably going in round five. Jason, he'd have to be there in the in the seventh or eighth round for me to take him. Fred Jackson or Darren Sproles? Ooh, see, uh, can I say C.J. Spiller? Because I'd rather have Spiller than Fred Jackson. I'd rather have Jackson. I, than I'd both rather of them. have Jackson than both of them. Yeah. I think Jackson's going to be. Early part of the season, he'll be the the better pick. But we saw C.J. Spiller last year really come on the end of the year and prove that finally he can get it and be the running back they drafted him to be a couple of years ago. Fred Jackson's on the wrong side of thirty. He's coming off an injury. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna rely on him early because of what he did last year. Look, he he was so good for us. Let's see how he does. But it's a year away. He has never been able to stay healthy for a whole season, and now they know Spiller's our guy. We have to know what we have out of Spiller before we decide whether or not we're going to re-sign him, give him a contract extension if he's our running back of the future. So I think people are going to reach for Fred Jackson early and say, all right, Fred Jackson, fifth round or fourth round, and that's fine. I would take C.J. Spiller late and have a value, stash him on my bench, and think about week seven, week eight, that's when Spiller's going to really come through. Harrison Mark Ingram did lead the Saints in carries last season, and it was Sproles who actually led them. In rushing yards. Rushing yards. How about we take a couple more calls, guys? We've got 
Josh in North Carolina. Got to keep your question. Josh, welcome to NFL Fantasy Live. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Um, got a scenario here. Got an 18-keeper league. Uh, you can keep – it's two quarterbacks. I've got Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I've got Aaron Foster and DeMarco Murray. And I've got Calvin Johnson. That's what I'm keeping. Jeez. Jeez, <laughs> man. That's, well, like, that's like an all-star that, team right there. It actually gets even a little bit better because I've got these 2nd, 7th, and 15th picks. So what I'm wow. wanting you guys to tell me is kind of a scenario here. The mm-hmm. people that are going to be left on the board are Trent Richardson, Jamal Charles, Fred Jackson, Doug Martin, Brandon Marshall, and Jimmy Graham. So kind of rank that group in order of what you think I should try to get. Well, first of all, you've got two quarterbacks, and you start two quarterbacks in this league, so you're kind of set there. you got Brady and you got Tom uh, uh, Peyton Manning. At running Correct. back, Foster and Murray, that's pretty good. Um, that, that, that's actually really good. I, I think DeMarco Murray is going to be a fantastic player. You didn't list uh, – uh, Brandon Marshall it would be a very solid number two behind the Calvin Johnson. If I could get Jimmy Graham, though, yep. to play tight end for me, which is basically like having another wide receiver in my starting lineup, I think I'd go with Graham there. And I'd want Charles in my flex. Richardson or Charles, remember, this is a keeper league. Richardson or Charles. I would go. I would go Richardson, uh, Charles. Charles, I think two things. Number one, this year is not going to be a great year for him. It's going to be the year after he comes back from an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. His game is all about speed. Uh, number two, they've brought in Peyton Hillis, who is mm-hmm. playing for a contract. He's going to take away goal line carries. No matter what they do in Kansas City, they're going to try to limit. Jamal Charles, the number of times he gets hit, the amount of exposure he has. He's never going to get the ball in the goal line, and he's not going to get the number of carries he normally got. Trent Richardson is going to get the ball 25 or 30 times a game. He's going to get the ball on the goal line, and he's going to be great. So I go Trent Richardson over Jamal Charles. But aren't we looking more than just this year? Right. I mean, isn't that the bottom line? I'm talking the rest of his career. The rest of his career, Jamal Charles is never going to get the ball in the goal line. Richardson's going to get it all the time. We think. We think. But the bottom line is we, everyone thought Mark Ingram was going to be great. Okay, We don't know what's going on with Cleveland's offense. I mean, right now, the Cleveland's offense is, is, for all we know, awful. Okay, Jamal Charles has skins on the wall. I mean, the season he put together in 2010, we don't know that Trent Richardson will ever put together a season like that. Jamal Charles averaged six yards a carry in 2010. With a lot of carries. The only guy that had ever done it, it, had averaged that many yards per carry with that number of carries was Jim Brown in 1963. Jamal Charles has already proven it. So to just anoint Trent Richardson all based on on upside, I, I don't know. That's like putting Des Bryant over, say, Akeem Nix. But right, it's, it's the injury. It's not all equal, though. It's it's you have the you have the the torn ACL to realize, and once that happened, that changes Jamal Charles's career path. We. We think, possibly. Well, I know. I know a little bit more than you, so that's okay. Oh, <laughs> do you see what I've had to do with the last exactly. couple of weeks? That's, this that's guy who says Reggie Bush Smith. is worth a second-round pick, yeah. and uh, Chris Johnson's going to be available at 19 overall. I love Chris Johnson this year. I know year. you do. You know I love him. It's NFL Fantasy Live. Jason that's why he's Smith, not going to be there at 19. Michael Fabiano. Well, with all these running backs getting hurt, Chris Johnson could wind up being the number one overall pick this year. Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. The number is 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-963-2682. Or get in via Twitter at SiriusXMFantasy. Coming up next, we'll take a look ahead at the weekend in front of us. What could possibly come up that could make you think, hey, I really like this guy a lot more than I did a week ago. That's coming up next year on Sirius 210, XM87. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. The remainder of this show dedicated to the memory of Ron Palulo Horshack from Welcome Back Cotter, who died earlier today at the age of 63. 
Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison with you, NFL Fantasy Live. I'm from NFL Network and NFL.com. I grew, we all grew up watching the Sweathawks. You know, we watched John Travolta become a superstar ooh, coming off there. Ooh, Mr. Carter! <laughs> Mr. Carter! That was Ron Palillo. That was, that was Arnold Horshack. I used to have hair like Horshack. I had really curly hair. That's exactly the hair I had when I was growing up, which is, tells you why I didn't date a lot when I was in high school. The Mike Brady hair. Uh, yeah, kind of, but even even tighter curls, more like more like uh, Ron Palillo hat, more like Arnold Horshack hat. I, I thought Welcome Back. Have Cop. you ever seen pictures of Smith with hair? I have not. Is I've it, seen it on it, his Facebook it page. Pure greatness. It it, it it doesn't look like him. That's for sure. Welcome no. back, Carter. To the Smith that we've come to know and love. The two, the first two shows I remember were Young and the Restless because my mom watched it, and mm-hmm. Welcome Back, Cotter, and then Incredible Hulk. But Welcome Back, Cotter, man, that was you know. That was the 70s. When I think of like 70s sitcom, Welcome Back Cotter is the first show that comes to my mind, without question. Yeah, it was. So you're it, older than me. Well, just a couple of years. Just a couple of years. And, a and, handful. And, just, and I, I wanted to go to high school with the Sweat Hogs because I <laughs> thought that was something that was really cool. But it was, it was one of those shows where you hear the theme song and right away you know exactly what it is. It's one of the most famous theme songs of all time. And, and they tried to change the sweat hogs as they went on. Like John Travolta left and they brought in a Stephen Shortridge to be like Bo, like the new hot sweat hog. And Lawrence Hilton Jacobs didn't do anything. See, but after, that, after you know, that never works. They tried to do that with, uh, you know, Bo and Luke. They brought in the cousins, Coy and Vance. Well, that's because they were holding out for more money. Yeah, they, they bring in him. Coy and Vance and the show plummets. You know? That's what happens. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. Yeah, but Coin Vance. Dukes ahead. Yeah, it. Wh- that that's when it jumped the shark. There was no, there was no one in the world hotter than Catherine Bach in the Dukes of Hazard. Well, Jessica Simpson in the Dukes of Hazard movie. Well, I mean, growing up back back then. Oh, the, okay. In the I agree. Eighties. No, nothing hotter than oh, Catherine yeah. Bach. I agree. And then not only that, a little more subtle, but they replaced Enos with Cletus. You can't replace Enos. Well, they okay? gave him his own show. Uh, Enos had his own show. Sheriff Lobo had his own show. I was I okay in a in a. Dukes of Hazard villain fantasy draft. <laughs> Boss Hog goes number one. Okay. Yeah. Then Sheriff Lobo goes number two. Then, hmm, do you go Enos or do you go, oh, Enos wasn't really a villain, though. He's more the nice guy. I would say, uh, then you got to go Roscoe, and then maybe you go Enos. I don't know. I think this is one of those situations where, kind of like Mark Sanchez, where he could be your best friend last year, or he could kill your fantasy <laughs> team. I think Cooter. Because sometimes Cooter was getting the car fixed and getting them ready to go, and then other times the, the, the hammer and the screwdriver just wouldn't fix what they did to the car, and he'd have to give them the bad news. Oh. You know. And then their cousins from like Chickasaw County would have to come in and help Uncle Jesse You out. guys have any interest in talking about fantasy yes, football? Yes, I do. Okay, fa- okay, if you were in a fantasy band who played the crow's nest, oh, okay, so Alabama. No. All right, speaking of fantasy, oh, my now, that Lord. would be a long list, all the bands that got caught in the, in the playing the crow's nest. Fantasy-wise, Mike Wallace, some big news out of Pittsburgh that sources say he will be back with the team for week one. Mm-hmm. To me, it doesn't really matter how much he sits out in the preseason. Wide receivers can sit out. Running backs can't sit out. Running backs sit out. They rush their, their way back into health, and it's hamstring, and it's Achilles. It's, it's, a, it's a knee. It's a groin. It's something. Wide receivers can hold out and come in. I'm not as concerned for Mike Wallace, though. If he's not with the team and I'm drafting the final week of the preseason, I'm still going to have him marked way down on my draft board. Yeah, what's interesting about that is, you know, there was talk over the summer and the spring about Todd Haley and doing four receiver sets, which obviously we have not seen a lot of in Pittsburgh, and thinking that that's good. Well, I don't know that that's always good for someone like Mike Wallace because that means that Roethlisberger becomes more of a distributor, kind of like Drew Brees is in New Orleans, and you don't know which receiver is going to end up having the big fantasy game. So I'm not so sure. Sometimes a receiver in an offense that's based off a of play action or that plays with, say, two tight ends and a running back, sometimes receivers end up having big numbers because they're constantly being targeted. And I know you're big on targets. I wonder how much Pittsburgh's going to spread it out and if that's actually going to thin out some of Wallace's opportunities and if it's going to maybe bring he and Antonio Brown closer together as far as fantasy value. I think they were close. They were a 1-1A one one at the end of last year, the last six and seven weeks. But what gets me with Pittsburgh is that they can say they want to run the football all they want. They can say, we're going to get back to being a Pittsburgh. 
Bottom line is Todd Haley likes to spread the field around, likes to throw it, and they're not going to say, okay, Isaac Redmond, we're going to give you the football 25 times a game. Or, Isaac Redmond, you're getting it 15, and Jonathan Dwyer, you're going to get it 10. and it, it, That's just not going to happen. Pittsburgh's going to have to throw the football. Yeah, and uh, listen, Todd Haley, we've talked about this. When he was the OC in Arizona for uh, a couple of years, they were one of the top teams in terms of pass attempts when they had Kurt Warner in there. So I don't think they're going to become a run-based offense purely and honestly, right now, with the people that they have in place, can they really become a run-based offense? Was Isaac Redman there? You've got Jonathan Dwyer there. You've got uh, Baron Batch Baron there. Baron Batch, deep sleeper? So, uh, he, he would be the definition of deep sleeper. He would definitely be the definition of a deep sleeper. But I like Wallace better than Brown in fantasy still. I, I'd still take him somewhere. Brown didn't get the touchdown In round four. Right. What was interesting was that after Brown, you remember, Elliot, he had that huge game against the Cardinals last year. From that point on, I think it was week seven, I want to say. From that point on, Brown actually had more targets, and I believe he had more yards. Uh, the touchdown thing was the problem there. It was Mike Wallace who was the better touchdown producer. But Wallace, to me, right now, if you can get him as a high-end two, assuming the report is correct and he's coming back in time for week one, I think you're looking good. And Brown is someone I'd rather have him as a three with the upside of a two. I, I, I prefer when I'm talking about a deeper position, say like a wide receiver position, to have a player, I'll use an example, Vincent Jackson, okay? I'm not big on Vincent Jackson this year. I'd love to have him as my third wide receiver, but not my second. Right. You understand? Or a flex option. Exactly. Des Bryant, let's let's go the other way. I'd love to have him as my two because he has the upside to be a one, but I don't want to draft him as my one. That's part of differentiating player values when we're talking about fantasy drafts in those deeper positions. Uh, we'll use another example, right? At this point in time, with a player like Ryan Matthews, okay, who's coming off of the clavicle injury, maybe he comes back for week one, maybe he doesn't. Before this, number one, number one running back. We all agreed, right? Now, I'll take him as my two, and when he comes back, I could have a one once he's healthy. That's the way that you want to really focus your attention when it comes to especially those two positions because they're so deep, and especially if you can do that at running back, boy. I'll tell you, if I can get, say, for example, if I end up taking DeMarco Murray in the second round and Ryan Matthews falls into my lap in round three or four because people are worried about him, then I got two guys who basically are twos in fantasy that could be ones. I like and, and it's that upside that I really like. Um, with a player like Antonio Brown and a guy like Mike Wallace, who people are worried about right now because he hasn't been in camp and he's not with the team. But you've got the possibility of drafting a one as a two, and that's great. And I, and I understand what you're saying. I Here's what I always try to avoid, and I talked about it a little bit on Fantasy Live, that if you're going to take someone like Mike Wallace and Des Bryant, and let's say you take a flyer on a guy like Justin Blackman, okay? Yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Like you said, Des Bryant has the potential to be a one. But you're also talking about, and let's say you get them all for a great value. Like you get them around lower than you thought you were going to get them. Okay, but then what happens is your entire wide receiver core, Fabs, is a risk. All of them could end up blowing up on you. Mike Wallace may not have the kind of season you want. So what I always say, same with McFadden, okay? If you're going to jump at Darren McFadden, Make sure that your other running backs are solid and set. I don't want to have two or three risky propositions, even if I get them for a very good value. At running back, though, I'd argue with with you there because outside of Foster, Rice, and McCoy, everybody's a risk. Okay. But back to the So you want to take a risk with upside. Yes. I'm just saying I don't want my entire position group to be risky. So I don't want Darren McFadden. If I've already got LaShawn McCoy and I can somehow get McFadden or what I did last year and I got Forte and McFadden, then I'm okay with having a risk. But I don't want both of my wide receivers to be a risk. I don't care what value I got them for. Draft value doesn't mean anything once the game starts. It's just like the real NFL draft. First round pick, fifth round pick, none of that means anything once they're playing. You know what I'm saying? So but, I worry about but keeping like Des Bryant and Mike Wallace together. Right. But here, here's two things. One is that you have to have the confidence in these guys to do that. I have confidence that Des Bryant can be drafted as a two and become a one. I have confidence that uh, DeMarco Murray can be drafted as a two and potentially become a one. Where the draft bargain part of it comes into play is that, for example, if I took Victor Cruz in around 14 last year, okay, 
and I ended up getting a gem. The guy was fantastic. Or if I ended up getting Cam Newton somewhere in round 13 or 14, and he ended up being a gem, I've probably got pretty good depth at quarterback Mm -hmm. with the Newton example and wide receiver with the Cruz example. All of a sudden, I've got trade bait. And I've got other players that I can play with, make trades to make my starting lineup even better. Or if I made a poor pick earlier on, say my first quarterback was Josh Freeman, and then I had Newton late, that's where value comes in. Absolutely. NFL Fantasy Live, Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison here on Sirius 210 XM87. Now, let's take a look ahead at this weekend. We had pretty big week ones out of Andrew Luck, RG3, David Wilson, three rookies that had the three best debuts, let's say, in the National Football League. Everybody wants to look at validation, right? If I, if I take this guy, I want to feel good about starting this guy. We did something like this in NFL Fantasy Live last year. Mm-hmm. Of those three guys, let's say Andrew Luck has the exact same week he has in week two than week one, RG3 the same thing, David Wilson the same thing, great week in week two mm-hmm. as week one. Which of those three guys' draft value, in your opinion, improves the most? Well, for me personally, it's David Wilson. Because the position he plays, the dearth of running backs at Fabs has been hammering all show long. We don't have that same dearth. That it's it's market to me, and the marketplace supports being able to get a quarterback. It does not support being able to get a running back. So I think for me, if, it's Wilson. I think if Andrew Luck has another big game, boy, people are going to start falling in love with him in fantasy football, and he's going to start moving up, and you're going to start seeing him go ahead of Jay Cutler, and Matt Schaub, and players but like guys, that. But that's the masses. Would you two fall in love with him? I would fall more in love with Andrew Luck. Yeah, because, look, you forget how good this guy is. We spend so much time talking about RG3 and upside, which is absolutely legit, but we forget that's why this guy's coming in the league the way he is. Now, is is he going to be Cam Newton? No, but I'll tell you what. I'm with Fabs. He is going to start shooting up draft boards. He'll be a low-end number one. Yep. That'll be a topic for draft week in New York. Coming up next, it's Nathan Zagura of the Fantasy Consultant Show here on Series 210 XM87. NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility. 